Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. Welcome Success Secret Nation to this new episode of the Success Secret Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. In this episode, I have with me Paige Arnofin. She is the founder and CEO of global marketing and digital branding firm Mavens and Moguls. Her clients include Microsoft, Virgin, New York Times Company, and Colgate. She's also graduated from Stanford University and Harvard Business School. Paige sits on the several boards, and she is popular speaker and columnist on Entrepreneur and Forbes. Paige, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome to have you here. So you are the CEO and founder of Mavens and Moguls. This business or website have been in the online atmosphere for a long time, 20 years, right? Yes, exactly. I so, started right, right after 9-11. It's been a while. Okay, wow. Okay. So tell us the story behind that. Why did you and how did you start it? So I always joke that I'm like the accidental entrepreneur. I did not really think I was ever going to start a company. When I was a student, I wanted to work in big businesses and one day be the CEO of like a Fortune 500 company. My father and both my grandfathers ran businesses. So I grew up in a family that was very pro-business. I went to business school and I looked at leaders like Meg Whitman and Ursula Burns, um, I, Jack Welch. I wanted to be a Fortune 500 CEO. And when I started my career after um, business school, I worked at Procter & Gamble, which is a very big company. They make consumer products all over the world. I worked at Coca-Cola. So I had very big company experience, and that was the path I thought I would be on. But then in the 1990s, when the internet started to get very popular, I joked that I got bitten by the dot-com bug, and I decided I had to leave my big corporate cushy job at Coke, and I joined my first startup out in Los Angeles. And it was in the music and entertainment space. And it was really fun. We raised, I don't know, 30 or $40 million. It was like internet 1.0. And it was 1997 when I joined. And we went public in 1999. And then we were sold to Yahoo. And that was really fun. Well, and then my husband, yeah, my husband got a job in Boston. And we moved to the East Coast here in the U.S. And I joined another startup as the head of marketing. And then we got bought by Bertelsmann, the largest privately held media company in the world. And then I did another startup as the head of marketing. 
Uh, and then we also got uh, went public and got bought by a big couple uh, public company. So those were I I say they're my three base hits. They all all the startups had very positive exits, but they're not huge. I mean, you know, when companies get bought by Facebook and Google or LinkedIn, you make like a bajillion dollars. I made a little bit of money three times. So they but they were all successful. But then when 9-11 happened. Marketing was the first thing that everybody cut in their budget because they were very nervous. The stock market dropped and people were very uncertain about the economy. So everybody canceled their marketing. So I had had these three uh, successes, but there was really no marketing job right at that point in the economy to go uh, start a new uh, job. So I was going to take off some time and relax, but because I had done a good job at the three startup companies, all of them were were venture-backed startups, uh, private equity. A lot of the investors reached out to me and said, after 9-11, we have all these marketing problems, but we don't have a marketing department. We fired everybody. You know, Now we need some more help. Can you help me? And I thought about it and I knew what to do, but I was never a consultant. I never worked on the agency side. I was always the client. Mm. So I felt like I wasn't sure I wanted to help them on a consulting basis. But my husband said, Paige, you're being ridiculous. You know to do, you know how to do the job. It's a red flashing sign. You have to go help them. So I started calling all the people that I used to work with in my jobs, in my corporate jobs, in my early startups. Everybody had been laid off because all the marketing jobs dried up. But everybody I called was available. They said, well, I'd love to work with you. I can help you. I'll do the market research. I'll do the website. I'll do the logo. So I had people, I had projects, and I just put them together. And I jokingly called the women the marketing mavens and the guys the marketing moguls. And I so I just made up the name and I liked it. And we did some market research and people liked the name. I tested maybe 100 names and this was very popular. And we started and we, we started with a few clients and every one of those early clients led to more projects. But I never expected I would still be doing this 20 plus years later. I never wrote a business plan. I built the website with a college friend of mine. She wanted to learn how to do programming. And I wrote all the copy. And that website lasted for like five years. And um, as we were saying before we started the podcast, I joke, I'm like the cobbler's kid. It's, you know, we've changed the website a little bit over the years. But it's not a very fancy website, but we've been busy, so I don't have time. Yeah, no, so. no. It's it's great to have a simple website. Me personally, I don't like the website. You have an old website. You have a huge authority for the domain, for example. But me personally, like my own website, I don't like to have, let's say, advertisement and these kind of things. It's like... I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about personal branding because... 
now like you built this website 20 years ago now marketing on social media is a huge part of business and online presence right so what is personal branding mean to you personally so you know as i said i i started my career working for very big brands so i think it's really important to have a brand uh and especially now where everything is hybrid and virtual and online i think we've learned a big lesson in the last almost three years with covid that today you don't exist unless you have an online presence before people agree to have a meeting with you or a zoom or a phone call the first thing they do is they look you up online they will google you and say who is this person they go to linkedin do we know anybody in common so if you don't brand yourself, other people will define who you are. So it's really important that people understand that their online presence in this digital world is incredibly important. And what you stand for, you know, how you look on social media, is it consistent? You know, if you try to be one type of person on Facebook, and another kind of person on Instagram and a different personality on LinkedIn, it's very confusing. And I don't think people trust you because they don't know when they talk to you, are you going to be funny or serious or professional or snarky? Like you, you have to have a consistent online presence. Otherwise, it's hard to build a, a trusted relationship in this hybrid and, and virtual world. Mm -hmm. So for me, branding is really important. We spend a lot of time with our clients, consumer products, professional service brands, technology brands, nonprofits, really trying to make sure that they have a very well-defined brand, that it's consistent online and offline, that it stands for something very tangible, and that you really want to own real estate in your customer's brain so that when they have a problem that your product or your service can help them solve that they think of you first that's that's power in the in the the digital economy yeah. like you mentioned an important point you mentioned there that the consistency of being let's say not different person everywhere in instagram different than in linkedin and facebook so you have to be just be you everywhere <laughs> so, exactly so, yeah. no because you know those people who on facebook you know you see them on the beach and you know drinking and partying and in the bathing suits and looking a little you know not too professional and then on linkedin they're very buttoned up in a coat and tie and a very strict outfit on instagram they're trying to look very hip and cool it's like who is this person and you know it's it it's very confusing and i think people want to know that when they see you in any capacity they know what to expect when you look at the brands that are successful they're very consistent you know if you go to a starbucks in you know the Middle East, in Asia, in Europe, in America, you know what that experience is going to be. It mm -hmm. has a very consistent look and feel. 
You know how the people are going to treat you. You know what the offering is going to be. Um, you go to McDonald's anywhere in the world. Maybe some menu items are different, but the the customer experience, the back and forth with the employees and the uh, target audience, you you understand what that is. If you went, if you walked into a store and it was different every time. Sometimes the people were very serious. Sometimes they had, you know, dyed hair and jewelry and their dogs were running around. You would wonder, like, what kind of store is this? Who is this company? It's very, very confusing. So I think it's really important for people to invest the time to make sure that all of their online profiles tell the same story. Mm. Um, you want, if you ask 10 people, um, what is this company? Who is this person? You want to hear consistent words come back every time. When people think of my company, Mavens and Moguls, I want them to understand we do branding, we do marketing, you know, I want them to, to be able to know that if they have a marketing problem, who are they going to call? They should call me. I'm the best marketing person. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the consistency of the message important. So do you think every business should have a website or a blog nowadays? So I don't think you have to have your own blog. I think if you like to blog, you should absolutely blog. But for me, I think it's too big of a responsibility. So I don't have a blog. But what I do is I contribute to blogs that are very popular that are in my category. So I, I like to consistently comment and chime in and make very smart comments and be very generous so that I give good information. I'll send important links. I'll follow up so that people know when they see a post from me, it should be a really good post. It's relevant. It's timely. Um, it has good information, and you put your signature. They know it, who it's from. So if they like what they see, and every week they notice something really good coming from Page at Mavens and Moguls, then they go to my website, and I have lots of content on my website, but I don't keep a blog because if you're going to blog, you have to do it regularly. You have to feed the beast constantly with new content. And I think what people don't realize is people that start blogs, they get very excited. In the first week, they blog three or four times. They have new postings. And then two weeks later, they're busy and they do one posting. And then the next week, they forget because they were out of town. And then the next week, uh, they just did something silly, but not too serious. If you do that and then you skip for three weeks and then you come back and you just do something that's completely different than what you did before, again, it's a very inconsistent message. And I'm afraid that you're diluting your brand because you want to have, if, if you're going to send out a newsletter, if you're going to blog, you need to do it on a schedule and just be very consistent and thoughtful and have a calendar say, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that. And if people comment, you have to constantly engage with them. You need to respond in a timely manner. And if you can't do that, 
then you need to set up a different system that works for you. A lot of my clients say, do I need to do I need to be on Twitter? Do I need to have uh, accounts on Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook? I always tell people, do what's authentic to you. If you like to tweet, then tweet. If you like to blog, then blog. But if you don't, pick one platform that you really like that resonates with you that's authentic to you and stick with that and just do it consistently and be very, uh, just be very thoughtful and relevant and timely. So for me personally, the only social media I really uh, insist on for, for me and my business is LinkedIn because it's a professional website. I can share content and it's a very good platform for me. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter because for me, it's a distraction. And I think you don't want to spread yourself too thin. And so I think you have to pick pick the things that uh, play to your personal strengths. Of course, that, that's a great advice, actually. It's like difficult to be everywhere, like to have to choose the things that you can do better. Is it writing? Do write. If it's video, do video. If it's like, for example. Right. If you want to do a YouTube channel, or you want to do videos, um, that's great. You want to do TikTok? That's awesome. Set up your, you know, your channel and put out all the content you want. But don't do something because you think you have to or it's popular. A lot of people, you know, they went to Clubhouse because they thought, oh, it's the new, new thing. And then they got bored with it and quit. Again, you don't want to be a quitter. You don't want to be someone that follows trends and then, Mm -hmm. you know, always having to figure out where am I going to find them next time? That's not the right image for most professional brands. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned you've been featured in like entrepreneur and Forbes and you contribute there. This is basically PR. So like I'm sure mavens and moguls got a lot of PR through the years, right? So Yeah, so I am a big believer in PR. I think PR is probably the most cost-efficient way you can build your business. You know, if you think about it, if you get quoted in the media, online, offline, you get on radio shows, you get on television, you get you speak at conferences. Um, that's it's really almost like an endorsement. If if you're set up as an expert in your field, people are quoting you. They're writing articles about you know your category and your business is mentioned as a leader or. They do these roundup articles, like here are the 10 companies you need to know about. Here are the 10 leaders for the new, you know, the new year. Here are 10 ideas. Um, you know, if you get mentioned in that, you you stand out. And then when people Google you, we talked about before, and the, then it, what comes up at the top of the Google? You know, she just spoke at this conference. She just got quoted on this news show. I just heard her on the radio. All of a sudden, you have all these endorsements that set you up as a professional, as, a, as an expert. And so it, it helps people make a decision like, wow, that's a really good product or that's a really good service. 
because everybody's talking about them. So that's probably the single biggest thing we do to help our clients right now is public relations. Mm -hmm. And it's in the old days, it was writing press releases and putting them out on the wire. But today it's about thought leadership. It's about social media strategy. It's about writing. It's about speaking. So there are a lot of things you can do and it's very affordable and you can do it for three or four months. And what I tell people is, let's just do kind of a a basic PR program, which you can do for, you know, relatively short money. And the truth is, in three or four months, if you start getting press, which, you know, we, we are very fortunate that we have really good people who can help you get press quickly, that will help you sell more of your products or services. So if you get a, a bunch of new clients or a bunch of new customers in the first three or four months, that's already paid for whatever you've paid to hire us to do your PR. So, you know, it, as I always tell people, in marketing, you know, you want to show a return on the investment, do PR. Because if you spend fifteen or $20,000 on a PR program and you get, I don't know, two or three new clients, that's probably going to be more revenue than what you paid for. So it, it pays for itself very quickly. And most times after we do a three or four month program, and I tell the client, okay, you know, we finished our agreement. Let me know if you want to do something again. And they're like, we can't stop now. Now we're getting all this media. I don't want to stop. I like it. You know, you get people on podcasts, you get them speaking at conferences. And all of a sudden, they they get used to seeing their name out there. They're putting all this um, new media exposure on their website, and they're hooked. So I think PR is a great idea for a lot of businesses. If you have a good story to tell, you should be telling it for sure. Yeah, exactly. So speaking now of the story, of story you mentioned that, how important telling stories is in businesses, especially online now? Do you think storytelling is the name of the game? People don't remember the facts and the figures. They don't remember <laughs> the data. But if you tell them a good story, they will remember. And that's what they share. People love sharing stories online. You know, they'll tweet about it. They'll blog about it. So storytelling is a big piece of, you know, marketing. If you, I, I don't know how it is there, um, but I will tell you, and you go down the the aisle at the grocery store, and you pick up the products off the shelf. Every brand has a story. The, the, you know, the tomato sauce has a story. The pasta has a story. The, the drinks have stories. Every brand has a story. Every person has a story. And a lot of people say to me, you know, I'm not famous. If I were LeBron James or Lady Gaga um, you know, I understand. Um, then, you know, Kim Kardashian, those people are famous. They're big brands. I'm not a brand. I would argue everybody's a brand because if you don't define yourself, other people are going to define who you are. So you really do need to get control of your own story. And everybody has a unique story where you grew up. What are the life events that affected you? I mean, you know, for me, you know, here in the United States, I grew up in the deep South. 
you can tell if you talk to me and you know the American accent, I say things like y'all instead of you. So people immediately pick up on the fact that I'm from the South. And that's a good story. They like the name of my company. That's a good story. You know, you know where you go to school, where you live. Um, all of those things make you unique and special and memorable. So you want to be a, a brand that stands out, that has a great story. So you have to find the stories that make you unique and memorable. Mm, exactly. So this this will, of course, does not happen like sometimes immediately, like you mentioned, if you are not someone who's known to the world online, online presence. So it needs a bit of time. So it needs to be consistent. You have to be there. You have to, like you mentioned, to have to be consistent all the time with whatever you do, blogging or video or posting on whatever it is. And you have to tell the stories and relate to the audience and have uh, connections and network that you can also share with. Bingo. You got it. Yeah, exactly. So you personally, as a founder right now in this day and age, what are some of the, let's say, difficulties that you are having with the business or everything is running smoothly for you? So, I mean, I, I think, again, what we learned in the last two or three years with COVID, I think is you always have to be prepared for change. Um, just when you think things are running smoothly, something's going to knock you down. So I think the big thing right now that I see for my own business and with my clients, um, what we thought we understood about our market, our industry, the economy, pricing, um, everything has changed. So you really need to be in touch with your customers and your clients on a regular basis. And you need to understand how the economy and the recession and COVID, how is it affected their decision-making? You know, the supply chain, every, these issues are global. You know, every country's dealing with it differently and every client is dealing with it differently. So one thing we're doing with a lot of our, our clients now is market research. You have to talk to people and ask them, What's changed? What's better? What's worse? You know, their budgets could change. The competitive landscape could change. Everything is kind of moving parts as we all try and figure out what the new normal is going to be as the pandemic kind of winds down. So I think you just have to be prepared to be flexible and agile um, but you have to stay in very close contact with your your customers because there's so many moving parts today. What would you recommend for entrepreneurs or people who want to start online? What do you think is the best resources, tools, or even books that they should look into? So A number one, you've got to be online. You know, even if you only have a single page website, you have to be able to be found online because if you're not found online, you don't exist. Personally, I think people should be on LinkedIn because it's more than a Rolodex. It's more than a resume. I think that's the foundation for building trusted relationships in this digital world. 
You know, you can see who do you know that I know so that you've got some mutual trust. So build your online presence, make yourself visible online, make sure your site uses search engine optimization. Because if you're, you know, if people can't find you, you don't exist. You know, for me, you see that I have a hyphenated last name. My company has an ampersand in the middle of the two words. So there's a lot of words floating around. And I've had people come up to me before and say, you know, I was trying to remember your name and your company name, but I just couldn't remember. All I knew was Paige and Mavens. So I went to Google and I said, Paige Mavens, and you popped up right away. And I said, thank God for search engine optimization, (laughs) because people have to be able to find you. If they can't find you, they can't buy your products or services. So you need to do search engine optimization. I would argue you should also use Google Analytics on your website. Mm. It's a free tool. It's very easy. If you don't know how to use it and you have someone that helps you with your website, they can easily set you up. Then you can track how people find you. What are the keywords? You can do some very basic analytics that'll help you make better decisions um, online. So that's another one. As far as books go, there are a lot of great books out there. Um, Let's see, where do you even begin? Um, Seth Godin, I think, is a really bright guy. He's written a lot of books about marketing. Um, David Meerman Scott, he's written a lot of great books. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the great thing now in this kind of virtual hybrid world, there is so much online. A lot of conferences now, the TED Talks, you know, I just, I love that. Uh, somebody else I, I follow and read a lot is uh, Simon Sinek. I think he's a really bright guy. Uh, Brene Brown, she's amazing. She's written a lot of stuff that I find very useful as a leader, as an entrepreneur. Guy Kawasaki, I think, is brilliant. He has a podcast that's really good called Remarkable People. I mean, the great thing is all you have to do is just Google these people. They are a fountain of knowledge and uh, information. Um, I have a lot of resources on my website. I have, I don't know, 25 pages of articles. Uh, I have lots of videos to help people kind of navigate the marketing and entrepreneurial world. I just think there's a lot of information out there. But, you know, I think uh, you got to know who to, who you can trust. And if you go to great sources, you can get invaluable information. And this is the connection comes in. You have to build connection with people. So what would you say some things that you personally not good at and you wish you are good at? Oh, man, there's so many things I'm not good at. Um, So I speak French and Italian uh, and a little bit of Spanish. I wish I could speak every language fluently. Um, I always say if I if I could have one superpower, I would love to be able to speak every language in the world fluently. I think it's such a gift for people that are uh, really good with languages. Let's see. You know, I outsource a lot of things for my business. I'm great at marketing and branding. I'm not good at bookkeeping. I'm not, you know, 
I'm not, I, I outsource my payroll, I outsource accounting, I outsource legal. So I think you have to know what your strengths are, but I think it's important to use partners uh, that are strong in the areas where you're weak or that are really not a great use of your time. It's much more efficient to pay them to take care of your accounting and bookkeeping and all of that, because otherwise it's a distraction. It's not fun. And you're never going to be as good as people who that's their sweet spot. So I'm a big believer in outsourcing anything that's not a core competency and do the things you love doing because you'll be better than anybody else. Mm, yeah, exactly. You should focus more and dig deeper into things that you are better at and grow your skill so you can be specialized in it and people will look you up for it. Like, exactly. <laughs> that's great that you came up with the Google search with your first name and your uh, first company. <laughs> so that's amazing, right? So Paige, where can people get in touch with you to learn more about you and if they need help with their marketing? So there are two good places to find me. One is my website, mavensandmoguls.com. It's M-A-V-E-N-S-A-N-D-M-O-G-U-L-S.com. And the other place is LinkedIn. So even though my last name is hyphenated, it just, it all goes together. Paige Arnoff-Fenn, P-A-I-G-E-A-R-N-O-F-F-E-N-N. And you, and, or just go to Google and Google Paige and Mavens and you'll find me. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you, Paige, for being here today on this delightful episode of the Successful Grid Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.